Welcome to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. This is the podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. It's real conversations with real artists. My name's Andrew Tischler. What a pleasure it is to have your company here once again. In this episode, I'm talking to Joel Ria, who's an amazing, realistic, surrealistic artist based in Australia. He's somebody that I've been following for the last 10 years. And ever since I first came across his work, I've been blown away since. He's got an incredible style, so lifelike, so realistic, but this incredible mixture of imagery that tells a story and leaves the viewer pondering its deeper meanings and ultimately reflecting something of themselves in the work. I wanted to ask him all about his painting, but also what makes him tick creatively? What are some of the things that he thinks about? What does he listen to while he's painting? What are some of the ideas that he enjoys? And this was really so enlightening for me to hear what goes on in another artist's mind. There was so much here that we had in common and it was fun just bouncing some of these ideas back and forth. Look, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and get something out of it because I certainly did. Now, before we get into the podcast, I have to let you know about something really important. If you're listening to the audio version, which you are, if you're hearing my voice right now, did you know that there's an exclusive video version loaded with visuals? You can see Joel in his studio and I'm coming to him from my studio and we're putting in there some images of his paintings and some of the things that we're talking about through this conversation. So it really is a whole nother level to this experience. If you love the Creative Endeavor podcast and you want to watch the exclusive video version, then you can find that right now by clicking that link in the description down below and signing up for Tish Academy. Simply go to tish.academy, T-I-S-C-H, and at the base level studio tier, so that's a very basic subscription at $5 a month, you've got exclusive access to the video version of the podcast, but also loads of more content, like more content than you could shake a brush at. It's really insane how much content is on Tish Academy. Content to help you with your painting, with your creative professional journey. There's so much there, more than I can explain here in this intro, but hey, don't just take my word for it. Jump in, try it for seven days for free, and if you don't love it, no hard feelings, but I guarantee you're going to love it. So go ahead and click that link in the description and I'll see you over there at Tish Academy. And you can check out the video version of this podcast in the exclusive podcast library. All right, I'm going to get out of here. We'll let Joel take over. Here he is. This is Joel Ria and the Creative Endeavor. I'm pretty, pretty, you know, um, personally proud of, you know, obviously what, I, what I'm doing, what I've done. And I just feel like there's so much more ahead. So, I mean, as far as like, you know, I think what I can do best for the listeners, I mean, you know, you know, do you think people are listening? Like, I just honestly would love to like have someone get something out of it. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. that that's going to happen. So what, what yeah. I, what I find happens is, you know, Whenever I talk to an artist, they there's always some something there. Like we all have a story. 
we all have like this massive adventure that we've been on. And and it's interesting that a lot of us, I, I do this, uh, I, a lot of artists that I talk to do this as well. Like we diminish our own story and and we don't we don't realize that we actually have something of value. But the minute you really share that, share from the heart, I think there's this point of resonance within whoever's listening or watching that they're like, oh yeah. And so like, as you were saying, to your point, you're, you're a regular piece of whatever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, but, but the thing is, is that, is that there's also something there that is magical just because the, here you are, you know, and here you are doing your thing, that regardless yeah. of where you're at. You know? No, I mean, artists are one of those weird groups, you know, we could, we could actually live for 10,000 years in culture. Like if we do the right kind of moves, like we could live much longer than say, you know, a hedge fund billionaire, like they're, they're going to make the most money and be the most capitalistic and be, you know, the most kind of like king-like. But yeah, we have this weird ability to make something that just like sticks to the earth like glue for a while, you know? like I and, love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, to your point, I, I guess, you know, it's the hedge fund billionaire dudes that are funding us, some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring them on. <laughs> so for work for our good old billionaire buddies, you know, don't, yeah. don't stop, don't stop buying. No, I, I, I do appreciate like all kinds of, um, you know, uh, success, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. I think, um, uh, I think in terms of like making objects, like paintings like that's a weird one you know like even conor mcgregor might have a difficult time outliving me unless the digital world continues like say everything goes to in an apocalypse and paintings are like put underground and you know yeah. everything digital gets wiped and then we have these old artifacts like what's conor mcgregor's artifact yeah yeah you know what i mean like where's, where's the where's the show reel yeah, what or are they going to do for a time capsule for him? I mean, if digital is a race, you consider that. Are they going to have a pair of his boxing gloves? You well, know, maybe like, a bronze statue out the front of the yeah, octagon. Yeah, maybe a bronze, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's yeah. what you see of people who were like him. It was like yeah. the artist's job to make them live forever, you know? So we do wow. have a pretty important job, you know? Like we, wow. can make, we can make the most important figures live longer. So let's do it. Why not? Why not, man? Okay. Well, look, it looks like we've already started, bro. So if you're happy to jump in, let's just go. Let's just yeah. go with this because um. So so you're you're coming to me from from Brisbane, right? No, Gold Coast, which Gold is Coast. An hour south. Yeah, hour so south of Brisbane. I always come up on like Brisbane as far as like if you look me up, I'll probably like say Brisbane. Um, mm -hmm. I spent uh like two years of my fine art degree in brisbane and then i spent eight years belonging to like an artist-run gallery in brisbane after that mm -hmm. so i've got a real strong connection with brisbane um but i've always lived on the actual gold coast which is um it's it's a bit of a juxtaposition brisbane is like on the river it's very metropolis and then there's like gold coast which is like surface paradise it's like beaches and you know fun oh. and then crazy nightclubs little little kind of las vegas scene happening you know <laughs> bikey gangs and and then beautiful hinterlands and then you know like gold coast is kind of like this sitcom of australia it, and yeah. and it's, it's kind of like getting more and more and um i'm really enjoying the spectatorship of the gold coast it, it's just i love getting out and about i've got like five young kids you know so it's um it's just such a joy to like kind of go out and you see like these kind of steroid guys and the, the instagram <laughs> model girls and everyone's got tattoos galore and everyone's really like going headfirst into their own like personal culture on the gold coast so 
Yeah, um, I really like to make sure people know that's that's where I'm from and that's what I'm about because it's it's oh. a real unique place. Yeah. So interesting place to be an observer. Then it sounds like it's it's awesome. Like um, you know, and the scenery. This the scenery is where like mm. I get so much of my inspiration from. Like we just get perfect skies, perfect beaches year round. Mm. Um, sunsets, you know, uh, sunrises. And, um, you know, like I said, like endless parks and hinterlands and like waterfalls and natural kind of stuff. And we live out on kind of like acreage. So we get like all the, you know, the marsupials and the koalas and the, the wallabies. And yeah, so, um, yeah, pretty right. spoiled, you know, and I'm trying to do this as like a tourism thing, too, because. I want people to come to the Gold Coast now because I've got my studio kind of thing happening where it's really like good for visitors. And I'm like, okay, maybe this can be I'm like- coming. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm there. Come to the Gold Coast. Everyone come. You, you definitely come. Far so out, man. Tell me, tell me, man. Tell me about this new space because this is incredible. You've got like the painter's dream space. Uh, and yeah. and so I, are, you, are you coming to me now? It looks like you're on a mezzanine floor right now. I'm looking yeah, through so that I'll, window. I'll a turn. So there's the big mezz yeah. window. And there's some weights and there's like my little um jam corner there cool dude I, i'm just getting set up still but like yeah i'm i'm totally like frothing out i'm having like you know the best time of my life here and um but, but i'll i'll say this you know like if anyone's gonna get like you know vibes of jealousy or whatever just know like i've had some really times and hard times and i used mm. to really like just have to accept those things Mm. And this is a good time in my life and a good thing. Right. And I've I've just got to accept this also. Like yeah. accept the shit things, accept the shit times. And then when good things happen, accept them as well. You know, like so um yeah, it's it's pretty much I'm not like uh, gonna try and like you know um justify this or anything, like, but this is basically just like fish tank principle. I I, I need to grow and this, I want the size of the tank to dictate how big I can grow as a fish, as an artist fish. <laughs> so I used to have actually like um, African and American cichlid fish from this very specific lake called Malawi in Africa, and they'd be in this tank. So the fish tank philosophy, they'll only grow to the size of their tank. Dude, you know? I had cichlids. There you go. So yeah, I think yeah. the artists are drawn to the, the beauty. <laughs> What's of with that? Yeah. yeah, well, they're awesome, man. They're like... Yeah. Like little aliens you know and um, they've got so much personality too yeah like they've, they've got really, individual personalities yeah they fight and they have these little territories and um so anyway yeah to put it, it like bluntly that's kind of what mm. i really need to do i was getting super comfortable at home um mm. making me a bit complacent making me a bit relaxed too way too relaxed um mm. and way too distracted with the kids yeah. Um, it's a beautiful space like out there to be just you like amongst you know your home and stuff but yeah mm. I was definitely um, and and now like I'm in the kind of like an industrial area so like the biggest kind of like concrete plant on the Gold Coast is like on this road so all day like all these um, kind of cement trucks and, and heavy and I just I'm really inspired by like the people moving this world constantly with their hard work and just toil and you know and it's given me a great kind of perspective because I'm up in the morning I'm like driving to work I'm like doing the kind of you know the late shifts with these kind of people I can hear all around me and yeah you know like this is what it's all about like people um coming from like middle class you know people are just like they're just not complaining and they're just getting on with it and that's just what i want to do you know like i just want to be like 
you know, inspiring to the people who want to be inspired and to everyone else, I, I'm totally fine with not existing, you know, like that's my perspective. <laughs> that's, you, you touched on a lot there. I want to go back to the jealousy thing. I want to share something with you. I'm a little bit embarrassed to share this with you, but yeah, you, you and your art is very important for me because it was kind of a, um, it was a bit of a road marker and Back in the day, I think we're going back now to 2013, 2014. So this is this is like a decade ago, right? Yeah. And I I just found out about you. I was looking at some stuff and I I remember kind of having a look at Facebook, Facebook followings and all that sort of thing. It was you and another dude that I was looking at. I'm ashamed to admit this, but I'm going to do it here. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Vincent Fantasio. Uh, it was, oh, it was yeah. the other guy. And um, I, I was looking at this art and these monumental Facebook followings that, that you had and, and others. And just little old me, I, I remember getting really jealous at that point, man, it took me years to turn that around. But there was something about you, like here you are and looking at that. I, I didn't realize at the time that that was a cue. But now, fortunately, I, I've, I've outgrown that. It took me too long, I'm ashamed to say. But I look at other people doing well, other people like kicking massive goals, other people putting in the slog, the, the hard slog, you know, and I get inspired. Now I get excited about it. So because the way I see it, it's like there's really no se separation here at all. Other people's success is my success if you choose to look at it that way. And it's like success leaves clues. If you want to get what they got, find out what they did and do yeah. something similar. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. And I found that now, you know, it's, it's been, I, I it's interesting, you know, what, what you were saying about like, we do have the tendency to diminish ourselves based on that success. You don't want to share it with other people because of fear what they might say. But mm. I, I think, man, this is awesome. This is an awesome next step. I, I think you're going to grow into a very big fish now. Uh, you were already a big fish, bro. But I mean, the, the size of that space, you know, congratulations. It's a beautiful space too. But yeah. I, I'm just excited to see what's next, you know, what kind of paintings you're producing next. And big I do, in, in, in this, yeah, in this, um, that's oh, the big fish thing. Like when I say, big wait, fish, I'm, I'm not the big fish. Like I'm, mm. I'm saying the work's going to be, I don't know, like I just got this vibe that all of a sudden, um, like I got to do work that just speaks to like this, this thing that is like, I don't know what it's God or nature, like whatever this power is, I see it. I see mm. whatever the world has. Um, I'm, I'm a portal for it. It's like, um, and now I just got to make work, not for any audience, but that, like, it's just got to be kind of like, all right, I want to be the guy like, you know, maybe when I'm gone, like they just go, this guy went all out because mm. he saw other people go. All out. I have seen these paintings, these Renaissance paintings, all these like, you know, historical pieces of work. And I go, man, like they, they just went all out and they did it no matter what was going on in their world at the time. They got through the problems. They didn't, they, you know, I mean, think about it. Think of these like striking kind of like paintings that, took years and years by these artists oh, right man. yeah and yeah. then you think about the politics and the, the the world and the society they lived in it would have been way harder it would have been way more struggles i mean some of those people had like kings for patrons and stuff like that but oh. you know I'm, I'm talking about you know to put things in perspective like this is so cushy everything that i've got going here as an artist the only thing i can do to justify it for myself is actually get uncomfortable and like work on the concrete floor and do
like, you know, get up on the ladder for about three months and just see what that feels like. Cause mm. it's like, you know, ability to get really comfortable. It, it kills art. Like it really does. It, it kind of, well, it kills my art anyway. It's not where it was born from and it's not where it's going to thrive. My, my stuff always comes out of like this almost like anxiety of like outrunning something, you know? So this time it's like, you've got, I've got to throw myself into like this kind of like expensive big studio. I've got to make it work because I've got to, you know, turn it into sales to afford everything, you know, support my whole family through that income. My wife, she helps me with the online store. So, you know, everything's a balance, but I'm just a high functioning dude. I know that about myself now. And that comes with a lot of like inner turmoil and problems, but it also comes with a lot of capabilities. So like, for me, I only sleep like six hours a night and I'm like, Batman, I just go nuts all day and night. You know, I just Brilliant. do stuff. I just, you know, um, constantly stay in some kind of like, you know, learning guitar or, you know, working on my art or playing with my kids or taking in the world or exercising or, you know, training and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I'm a kind of like, I'm a Joe Rogan guy, you know, like when I start listening to his podcast, I was like, this is finally a guy who speaks to me. Like he knows like he's up. He's got this dark past, like his dad abandoned him, all this stuff. Um, you know, I've got all this stuff too, but I don't want to have a life because it'll be over soon anyway. You know, like I just, I want the, the, this part to be good. This kind of like section mm. of like where I control it, like from twenties to like 60, I want that, that 40 years to be good because like I, I now know, like from my seeing my dad and everything else play out, like once you get past, like once you're old, you're old and like, you know, that's it. It's, it's, there's no time to like, you know, burn hard and you don't probably want to either, you know, mm. you, you will not have the energy. So um yeah you just got to kind of like um admit who you are i think for me now um the best thing i can do for everyone is just tap into like my authentic self um and just be authentic and you know and keep it positive too because I, I know there's so much negativity going on out there and, and you just get so tempted to throw shade at other art that doesn't seem like it deserves it and i'll i'll go on the record right now <clears throat> Yeah, I go. think like a, a Cy Twombly painting worth millions of dollars is a load of I hate abstract art. I hate minimalism. I hate all that stuff that doesn't equate to the golden word in art. And the golden word in art to me is meritocracy. <laughs> and meritocracy is everything. If I see something and it's got any kind of merit, I don't care if that's, that merit looks like it's kind of like through luck. Yeah. that's merit you know the the yeah. merit of waiting for something to happen that's you know that's the precision of luck and that's a really interesting theme of life you know so um yeah that's the artist i am i'm just gonna be that this dude um make this work have this you know big space and um it has been like with a communal vision like i, I need to meet people i need to see these faces and like shake their hands and i, I like people i like being a, a, a person of the world and it's going to be over soon, you know? And I think, unfortunately, like COVID and like my dad passed away during that time, you know? And like I said, I had to just accept this is like the time of my life and just get through oh, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, so that really puts it in perspective. You, this is your life, man. It's just so small yeah. and like quick and, and it's meaningless, you know? Like, look at these, we always see like every month, like some important world personal die. No one gives it could be the greatest artist in the world you know prince died no one gives a 
You know? <laughs> oh, just, dude, I did. Come on, Purple Rain was a badass song. Come yeah, on. but I mean, I cried, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, we move on. I'm not disrespecting any of the. No, I, I hear like you. That. I'm just saying, like, I, I really know now, like, I used to have this vision, right? Mm. Uh, when I was younger, and it was like a tree. Like, I just thought, like, my life had all these, like, paths and opportunities, and still kind of feel like that. Like, there's going to be adventures and stuff. But it like it's it felt like this, you know, like it felt like this kind of like thing that could spread and grow, and that was like my perspective of youth, and it was a powerful feeling, you know, like great, like it's all right, I've got time, I've got options, whatever. But after like you know my dad getting sick for those years with Alzheimer's, and it, it really was a, a terrible way for him to die, um, and then being around a lot of hospitals and seeing a lot of the nursing home stuff and just really like it's and even this Ricky Gervais show about like, um, you know, where he it's about a nursing home. And there's just all these kind of like things kind of like pulling me towards like acknowledging the culture of getting really old and how society looks after old people. And it's pretty bad. It's pretty grim. Anyway, this shape now, I can kind of see like it. it it blossoms and then it comes back to a singularity. So this this kind of like opening is now closing. And that one path, no matter who you are, and what you do and how much money you earn and how many things you kind of make people jealous about because you're cool, you're just going to go to that one singularity of, of the end. You know, like it's all a red light. So, you know, yeah. that's I just how, you, how wow. I'm vibing lately, you know. So my work, therefore, has to be pretty mm. deep, like, even mm. even though I want to use like humor in my work and all kinds of like, you know, sarcasm and surreal gestures, I, I want to also, you know, just hint to this kind of like morbid vibe. Like we're all dying. We're all going to the end. But at the same time, I have to really give a shit. Like I have to hone in like all my macros of life. Like I have to give about like five children and a wife and I have to nourish them and like, you know, do all those kind of you know, really intense, detailed things. I have to really work, man. Like, so yeah. I'm like Mr. Duality, for sure. That's why I always painted myself as like either the businessman or the hoodie guy. So there's always those kind of like two push and pull, like distinct kind of bipolar oh, wow. versions of me, you know? Wow. Wow. So that we're going to get into the painting. I want to ask you all about that. But I, I the businessman and the hoodie guy, we're going to get back to that. Um. <laughs> But I, you said something a little bit earlier on that that just caught me because this is so much the the wavelength that I'm on at the moment, and I'm really really vibing with so much of what you said there. But about that adversity thing and, and that comfort breeding complacency. So for me, I found that recently I've had to do some things that are pretty hard to do, and I do them because they're hard. I don't care if other people are impressed by it or whatever. That's not why I'm doing it, but I'm doing it because it sucks. And mm. because it sucks, it's like, okay, I can do this. I can get that out of the way. And I heard something recently um, from a guy named Wes Watson, and I'd been watching so much of his stuff on YouTube. And he's this guy's at a completely different level. And he was saying, it's not about it's not about what, and it's not about how, it's about who. It's about who you are. And so much of who you are in that character it comes from that adversity that you build into your life. Mm -hmm. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And so mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that as I'm going through my day, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so an example of some of the adversity that I apply to my own life and my own lifestyle, and I think this has had a dramatic effect on my art in a really good way, but it's waking up 
uh, before 3 a.m. And it's doing a workout, like a like a like a heavy workout, six days yeah. a week doing that, even on a Saturday, doing that. Yeah. And and a lot of people, I know I'm gonna get comments, like I know people are gonna just go, that is nuts. You're not gonna make it. You're gonna, you're gonna well, maybe I might burn out. Yeah. I have before. I always redline this thing. I imagine you're very similar. You know, it's like, where's the line? I don't know. I'll tell you when I've leapt over it. Oh, there was a line. Okay, give me a couple of weeks, I'll I'll come back. Yeah. But it's to me, getting that out of the way, it keeps me sharp. And I find that that actually helps me at the easel in a very strange way. But yeah, I, I would uh, love, love to hear, like, how do you build adversity into you, into your life at the moment? And how's exactly that, how's the that same. Oh, exactly wow. the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I have a, a pretty addictive personality. So if I don't yeah. like put in things that are good, that are addictive, I'll stray to the other things that are addictive. Um, yeah, straight up. Yeah. So at the moment, and, and this has been like the best kind of, this is probably why I've got this studio at the like, and this, this kind of like energy for me is peaking um, is because of my personal fitness. And I, I hate saying it. It's such a cliche. It's such a cliche, man. I, I, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, if, if you want to know how I can paint like 10 hours a day and then do like four hours, like admin work and then like, you know, and then somehow, you know, like in between have kids and a wife and they all seem to want to stay with me. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm super on it all. Like, like I said, I'm a high functioning dude and you just got to own it. Like, so mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Like, and then the last couple of years, like I trained seven days a week and I eat a, I, I just eat like chicken um, and an <laughs> egg <laughs> and a protein shake. Um, right. But I'm like, you know, I'm like disciplined as hell. And and then like, yeah. you know, I find myself just trying to like punish myself more and more. So like with training, it's, it's really about like, you know, I do, um, you know, something and then my body gets used to it and I try and change it up because like, even with, the hardest sport in the world you'll get conditioned at it and I, I i've done muay thai kickboxing now for like seven years and even Fantastic. that now I'm, I, I like go home and you know still want to whack my legs with sticks like because i'm i'm addicted and so yeah i would say that's probably a hard thing for um a lot of artists to throw into their recipe book like but honestly it gives me about you know it's 30 to 40% of what I need to be the artist I am. You take that out of my life and I'm just miserable and I'm, you know, I'm not functioning in a way where I'm even looking at like other art with joy and I'm enjoying other artists success and I'm being, you know, petulant and childlike about my, you know, my whole position and not seeing like the gratitude. So like, yeah, it's a mental health thing. And, and, Man, it's like, it's such a cliche though, you know, like to just tell, tell my, you know, brothers and sisters out there who, who are painters and say, look, if you can actually like, you know, train more and like eat well and like be a full health nut as well, your, your career is going to go like 50% better. Like yeah. it's just, it's just the bottom line. Like you're going to, you're going to have more confidence. You're going to have more, lack of better word, balls. You're going to just, you're going to think clearer and you're going to have like, more of a positive mentality about the right things you'll still be you um like almost like battery juice for thinking all day and i can feel it it's definitely just like constantly and like i think you know um fasting and all that extreme stuff you know if you really want to lean into it you should because that stuff is so 
onto it, man. Like, you know, yeah. all these kind of primitive things that our ancestors did to just kind of like deal with it and get through and like hit higher kind of performance levels whilst going through, you know, their, I mean, their trials and tribulations were food, right? So this was all about like, you know, hunting and gathering, but like it all, it all makes sense. Like I'm a, I'm pretty much a pure carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like who I'll be for the rest of my life now. If I, if my like daughter and I like share one little like chocolate sweet, it's like pimples everywhere. It's like itchy skin. It's like, dude, oh, it's wow. the devil, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like no denying it. Like I've got pimples from like one little bit of like uh, chocolate popcorn on the weekend, you know, like. It's oh just, no, it, that's brutal. And so I think back to my <laughs> old self and I was, I was, I was like this poor struggling guy eating all this stuff without really knowing the effects it had yeah. and i was sitting yeah. down doing my work and and it it, it upsets me to think like oh, i could have been at the higher potential much earlier so that's all i'll leave wow. i'll leave it at that higher potential guys if you want to acknowledge it just acknowledge it and that's what this dude does like full on i really lean into it and it really has given me like a payoff and that payoff does uh the the biggest payoff is it gives a, a kind of like get out there and do it boy attitude. Like it just gives me that, you know, that ethic of like, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. Like get out there. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be sitting there like, you know, watching someone else get more money for less work and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but like you you can do it. Like you can do everything. You know, the only difference, like when people get upset at that museum painting stuff mm-hmm. that like looks like, you know, uh, you know, wishy-washy abstract, well, you know, and, and then it used to get like my dad real, like actually angry. Like he, he could like, he would really get appalled at like the, um, the audacity of putting that in front of him, you know, like he would just be like, yeah. are you kidding? Like I got all the way to this museum. I had to like, you know, get a taxi cross town. Like I've traveled to, and this is what you going to give me. But, you know, the only difference is they, like, look, that's a career that, like, just took practical steps. You know, Cy Twombly, um, for all his lack of, like, making stuff that was cool and had merit, he probably was really good at, like, hanging out with gallerists and curators and, like, schmoozing, right? And, like, so there's always a way in, like, you know, like, so... If you're looking at like me or like a real virtuosic painter or someone with like social media stuff, like um, that, that can only just be like one answer. Like the other answer can be totally going out and like me, like the only time I've actually, yeah, gotten any kind of like museum stuff or curatorship into important things is like, I'm friends with the people. Like, you know, come on, it, it's total like insider stuff and nepotism and all that stuff. Like we all know it. So you know, like it, it, it does all come back to like, just go for it. Hmm. Like, just seriously, man, like, come on. Like, like you've, everyone's gone to a gallery and just seen like really sub par stuff, but that can just be the sp- starting point then. It, like go into a gallery, make like, you know, make an observation, see the worst art that's on the world, wall. And if you can make slightly better than that, then you're on a roll, you know? Like imagine imagine hearing something on the radio, right? Like a song that got played on the radio and you know you can actually like sing and play better than that. Like you'd be like, oh, well, what? It, there's nothing stopping you. There's no, there's no limits to what you can achieve, you know? And I, I've realized that because my own limits were all created in here. Like I created all my own boundaries with art and I went towards all the wrong kind of um, like pillars of acceptance, you know, like you've got to go where the love is. Like, don't make it super difficult for yourself. Put all the difficult stuff into making your art the best, you know? Mm. 
and don't try and do like gymnastics around like you know something you're not i mean i'm definitely not the person who should go and like go to a art opening with a, a glass of champagne and try and make friends with someone i'm not because that's so inauthentic that like my, my inner self is gonna like die on the inside you know mm -hmm. and i'm not doing that person a favor either because it's really like a weird thing to just try and be schmoozy to someone because you want something out of them isn't it like we all know that yeah. we all know yeah. that feeling like yeah and so i think you know um you've got to look for your bros look for your community and, and lean into even if you've got one friend you know like that's an artist as well like really lean into that mm. you know mm. your friendships and your, your connections and stuff it doesn't you don't have to have the whole world like I, I i just want people to know that like what i'm doing is so small like <laughs> does that make sense man yeah like, of course you know like what it takes to do this and what i need like it's just this little like, and I said before, like when you introed me and I said, like, I'm just a regular piece. Of shit. Like I am, I'm just a regular piece of shit. like, and the thing is though, I can, I can I fuck really well in the art world and make a good living out of it. Yeah, so I think, yeah. yeah, there's something in there for people to find. It, it's like the yeah. ruleless world. Just go, go for it. There's no rules. Just have a crack. I, I, I want to go into that as well. Like even, a, even a bit of the, um, the mental health space um it's not that i'm qualified to talk on it but you know I, I guess being a human being that makes me qualified and and also just reflecting on some of the things you said there but i i had this conversation with um rachel just earlier um today actually and i do this a lot you know and you mentioned something previously about this where you know i look back and I just wish I could give that younger 20-year-old self my 40-year-old brain and experiences. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah. go, stop being such a doofus and just do this. Forget <laughs> about that. Focus here. You're wasting time. We can you know? always do that. We can always do that now to like the 20-year-olds listening. So like we can we can kind of like- Well, in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we can still do the much for me. Like, look, if you're 20 <laughs> If you are 20 right now, Listen right now. I'm 40, okay? Like you yep. can, all right, ready, here we go, here we go. But so, no, honestly, it is like, I, I I just went to kind of like, I just thought I was getting my ducks in a row with certain yeah. elements of an art career. But you know, what, what was the biggest mistake? It was looking at people ahead of me and just copying everything that they did. Don't do that. Don't copy everything. Copy a little, you know, like, okay, you saw some guy get into a gallery you liked, okay? Yeah, leave it at that, okay? But don't then go and kind of like copy like five other important steps that person's made. They won't fit your agenda as well, you know? Like, so what I would kind of do is look at who was at 10 years or whatever ahead of me. And then I just go for all their little things and get rejected, 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 rejected because wow. I wasn't what they were looking for. They were looking for that guy who was 15, 20 years ahead, who has emerged and whatever. So like, it was so impractical guys, like, you know, it, 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 it doesn't take much to kind of, you know, I mean, maybe, there is a lot to be said about, you know, taking substances and like smoking a big joint and thinking about something for really long. But I don't know what is like the kind of like intellectual way to really like stop before you kind of like make these commitments. But I see so many younger artists come to me and ask for some help. And I just see them like basing their whole career on ticking boxes. Like, okay, I've got to like set up all this kind of like stuff. So if someone kind of approaches me, like everything's perfect. Like they're, 
their like certificate of authenticity is perfect and everything is like this office run like high mechanism it's like it's taking a bit out of what you're doing like you're, what you're not thinking of is like you could literally like paint a crazy painting and put it online and if it sings man you can just throw that thing to a courier without no certificate and people will just go clamoring to buy it you know like so all that stuff is you're kind of dressing your shit up because you're not putting it all into the work, you know, like you're not kind of, you're thinking like, okay, I'll get my ducks in a row. Now I need to win an art award. Oh, what art award should I win? Well, it needs to be one that's recognized by blah, blah, blah. And you'll just get rejected or you'll get disappointed or the judges will be wrong or something just won't chime or you won't realize some artist is totally primed to win that award already. And you have no idea that that mm -hmm. artist is yeah. best friends with that judge and yeah. it's all happening and here you are and i mean imagine any other career where you don't know where you even are on the chessboard yeah. so just take yourself out of the chessboard scenario don't put yourself in something where it's like oh you know like i'm gonna try and like people can smell it straight away mm -hmm. so you know you've got to kind of like Really think about it. I, I, I seriously couldn't, can't work in that mechanism anymore. Like I can't, I, I just have to be me. I just have to talk to whoever comes to me about my art because I don't want to have to, I don't want to be feeling like I'm selling it to anyone. I think that's the total wrong way to go about it for, you know, something so um, specific. Like the stuff I'm making is very specific. It's allegorical surrealism. There's probably only about, you know, a couple of dozen painters in the world that hone in like certain kind of like weird motifs with, you know, the the fine art realism side of the detail that I try to achieve. Like much like your your details, like your sea foam, like we're both just engaged in like, you know, tones and blending and making and looking at and all that kind of juicy stuff, you know. But then, you know, there's this all this other world. And I just, I kind of, I just have to really emphasize to everyone like out there, the only reason I've ever gotten anything out of my career and done anything good and gotten the, you know, the money through the support and all that stuff is because of the work, like, because mm -hmm. the work stood on its own legs and everything about me, you know, it just, it didn't really like, they ne I never seen anyone really pull out my CV and, and analyze it. They, they can see when they see something with merit, yeah. you know, people, yeah. people know what they see. Most, yeah. most collectors too have been to a lot of galleries, you know, mm. and they too also feel sick when they see those side Twombly's or those, you know, Marth Roth, Roth goes, Oh, did I say that? Marth Rothko sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's a big oh, orange. Not Rothko. Square. I mean, you're putting it in the cut. What are you doing? It's so deep, though. His work's so deep. I mean, yeah, it's all about that. the different shades of uh, <laughs> different shades of red. I, I'm, and look, I'm not a fan either, bro. Uh, nah, look, but we just had Warhol and Basquiat come to the Gold Coast, and our okay. taxpayers uh, like had to yeah. like put out this huge amount of money and then the Mugrabi family who owns like 800 Warhols who constantly just rotate them around the world um, charges another million dollars for taxpayers to, you know, kind of come up with for just, I think that was just for the logistics of yeah. the show to get so that's from like, like it to me is a public money in it. Yeah, so I, I mean, and for someone like me, like I, I, I've applied for a couple of things, and it's always no and rejected and whatever, and I just go whatever, like, and then it's, it's back to go where the love is. Like, why would I even try that kind of thing? I have no idea how those boardrooms are set up with those people and those committees, and and like, you know, you've really got to like 
Don't be so naive. Everyone wants to look after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Like if you are coming into any place where you're not like related to someone in that building, you're not a priority. You are no one. You are just a way for them to make money. If they can't make money and grow up, like, you know, seriously, like everyone is the same. If you came into my studio now and you don't really want to buy anything off me and you don't really want to do anything but waste my time and, and suck energy off me, I don't really vibe with that anymore. And I, I, you know, in all honesty, I think galleries are important, like commercial galleries where people can walk in and see you know, what's on offer and I've done my time. So I want everyone to understand if you sound like I'm, it sounds like I'm dissing that. No way. I, I've, I've actually like gone to an art fair with a gallery <clears throat> mm -hmm. and because I wasn't prepared enough, I had to sell other people's work and not my own on the wall. And that was one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had because, you know, like I didn't have my together and I was mm -hmm. like selling someone else's work, but you know, I did the student, I did the, university gallery thing i did the artist run gallery thing for eight years then i was heavily involved with commercial galleries in australia america and europe for another five six years and now i've just petered back after covid and really looked at you know like if i could make four paintings a year you know and turn that into like you know uh, a quarter of a million dollars with some print sales and whatnot what's wrong with that like you know i Perfect. i don't want to do anything else but make the like write the books I want to write, AKA make the paintings I want to paint. Like there's novels inside of me and they take more than like a quote for a client to go, oh yeah, this novel's going to take X amount. I just want to make that book and then try and sell it. If that like helps with the metaphor, I just want to be like, you know, an author and just kind of like mm -hmm. chip away at my own pace. I don't want exhibitions. Uh, will I do an exhibition? Sure. If, if it happens where my work can be re-engineered back from people and I can do maybe, and then maybe one day I'll be in a position where I can keep a lot of work, hold it back, have a show. But I mean, art is, is a pretty much a big joke around like most places, like my local art institution on the Gold Coast is, yeah, like I said, like I went in there and saw their major show and it was huge Warhols and Basquiat's of house paint thrown onto a canvas with you know people pretending like oh this is significant it's not it's not significant it's going to really be a period of humanity i think where it'll almost be embarrassing it'll be like oh look at what we tried to get away with as meritocracy in like the 80s 90s and 2000s and 2000 like all these kind of like you know um and I think, you know, it's a society with too much, isn't it? Whenever mm. we become kind of like weird like this and we question things that have always been definitively easy to answer, this yeah. is what happens. Like a society kind of grows too much. We have a surplus of too much kind of time and resources. If we're really... You, you said you know. it before, though, like you, you said it, uh, you know, hey, don't, don't be so naive. There's something going on with modern art. I'm convinced of it. That it's a massive money laundering scheme. There are there are elements to this. There are layers to this that uh, a lot of people don't realize. And so when we see the banana tapes of the wall, we yeah. don't have any idea about the, the greater context of that. There's no no sense of getting bent out of shape. But, you know, my, my father said something when I was very young, and this will always stick with me. It's hardly original, but you know it, the only way to win is not to play, and and I I'm just not interested. You know, when I was first starting out, I was thinking, yeah, I want to be part of that clique. I want to be part of that world. One of my greatest regrets now, looking back, is succumbing to the pressure of having to enter 
awards and competitions because people told me that's what I should do and it would look yeah. right for my CV. No one has asked, nobody, nobody ever has asked to see my CV. And I always regret going for those competitions because I went against myself. I'm like, look, great. I'm, I'm so glad I had a really good buddy of mine. His name was Matt Doust. He was an incredible painter and um, sadly passed away many, many years ago. And yeah. he was, he was in the Archibald and, you know, I remember talking to him about this at length and I thought, well, look, if you want to do that, if you're genuine about that, fantastic, go for it. Enjoy. Uh, but for me, I was just like, dude. And I, I, I remember going for it and getting rejected, but it wasn't the rejection that stung quite as much as letting myself down and going against what I knew. It's like, this is not my game. You know, I yeah. just, I'm not doing it. You know, but I can see where you're at. Look, yeah. You you're in your fantasy, like you indulge. Yeah, you, like I have these moments that I I make a movie about how important and cool and interesting I am because I think it's a natural mm. ego inclination. So like, yeah, like I enter this art competition and I win and I'm on the news and then like this <laughs> film director's like that that guy is so interesting. It's the hottest like, thing ever. Yeah, can he act? And does he have abs? And then it's like, can he play guitar? <laughs> And honestly, if anyone has never watched The Office, the UK version of The Office, yeah. we're all David Brent. We we really do have an inner soul that really wants everyone to kind of stop and look and go, wow, your soul, your yeah. soul is special. You're different. You are. And I, 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 from a very early age, had this strong sense of fantasies in my head where I would win some awesome sport thing or I would be, I'd just be important. And I still have these impulses, like I drift away painting. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if like someone awesome discovered me and then loved my work and then made a documentary and then that went to Cairns and then, and then you know, um, this band wanted me to jam with them. Like, what are we doing in our heads? We can project all these kind of scenarios, but it actually does manifest into your real actions. And all of a sudden you're standing there in a crowd at an art awards thing going, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm standing here like thinking this, this is going to like, you know, be the start of the scene where I get to go up and be on the podium, but it's not, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's the uh, curator's cousin mm. who's got a nephew who's painted the, you know, and so there's all this kind of like inner tapestry going on. You didn't realize and you just realized that you set yourself up for failure. But oh, yeah. I do, what I do enjoy about people are those movies that we all want to have. Yeah. In our head. Like, I really Dude. love it. You Best know, picture. Like mine, I'm Best like, picture. Yeah, I'm jamming with like Tenacious D, you know, like oh. sister down and, and they all love me. Like I'm yeah. the most special one. Like, and I think like, you just have to admit it. Like with, yeah. we are, we are potentially all the most narcissistic things out there. Like American Psycho spoke to me on, on that level, you know? Yeah. Well, well, it, just just on that, because I, I just want to make sure that I, because I, there, there's a thread there and so, so when I'm thinking about it, what I, cause I, I get, I get a bunch of young people reaching out to me and, and other people it just because yeah. they, they want to set goals. They want to achieve something. They, they want to go for something. And, and I, I'm so much about that still. And the, the goal setting and the achievement and, and all of that and having a wonderful career and actually setting the bar really high for yourself. But I think what's important is what is your motivation? See, in that space, I was thinking, okay. If I do this, then that will mean I am somebody and I'm important and therefore I deserve love. You know, <laughs> fundamentally, that's what it boiled down to. But what ended up happening was I, I realized, oh, hang on a second. I already am somebody. 
and authentically what is the most what is the most authentic expression of myself that is honest and now what i found and, and this is why like right now i've just entered my 40s and i i'm having the best time ever as well but it's because you know, of, of understanding now who I am and who I am is what I can contribute to somebody else. That's it right there. And, and so it's no longer about the getting. It's more about, man, I'm so excited today because I get to talk to you and we get to have this amazing conversation and I, I get to put this out there to the world and it's awesome and I get to do this and I get to do that. And it's more kind of service oriented. And now it's it's not about it's about contribution and growth. It's not about the things that I can get because before it had to do with significance and this yeah. feeling of certainty. Yeah. And like, no, I, I'm certain I deserve love. And I, you know, that's, <laughs> that was a difficult thing to let go of, man. That was a really difficult thing. Just, just personally speaking. Yeah, it's, it, but it is clown world out there. It's got that Zoolander yeah. kind of vibe. Like you feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, you know, and you see like, um, like, you know, the art world, it's i think it is different than the painting world i think i think well that's what we should really reiterate on this podcast you know so it's to the 20 year old right now listening like mm. yeah the art world isn't the painting world here the painting world is built on meritocracy it's a strong house there are thousands of clients around the world that love good painting they just 100 they eat it up they're waiting they're there they want you to do well and make the work to fill the walls on their homes because they have an abundance of money they have a love for art and you know this is what they do with their lives and you know if i could get to that level and buy a ton of nice stuff that was like oil paintings man i would do it i'd probably buy a lot of guitars first but that's you know, that's the crux of it. And um, the art world is like, um, let me think, uh, not not to slander anyone. The art world is like cause, right? So cause is like, to me, um, like bad, like not bad. Um, like everything about him sucks. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But look, I, I hate the fact that like, uh, I can't convince my mates to support me by buying like a limited edition print but they all have the little causes on their desk like the little statues and they, they've paid like thousands of dollars for these plastic things from china right and they're convinced that i'm gonna like sell them for more money and retail right. and yeah. and you know over the years even the like the plastic on them and the paint is it's getting like sticky it's not they're not wait made well but i tried to say to them like you know the cause hasn't looked at these He's looked at like one or two and like maybe seen that this is what's happening for his brand, but he hasn't like looked at each one. He's like, you buy a print off an artist like me. I, I check every edition. I hand sign it. I hand number it. I'm looking at that thing. I'm making sure it's a replica of my painting. And there you go. You've got like a little, you know, a little tiny piece of what I do straight from the heart. Cause that's straight from his heart too. Like that work. So I'm not like undermining anything about that. But that's the art world. The art world is like an NFT. It's like that cause thing because of all the context around that cheap plastic piece like that could be worth five grand, 10 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand because of all that stupid context, right? Yeah. Now you've got oil painting, which is like we've got a historical kind of legacy, which we all lean on. So I think we're safe we're, as long as we kind of like adhere to those principles about making a painting, like actually, and I'm saying this loud and clear, like making a painting, like you can't go and like have stuff half done on G clay and mm. then half painted over an oil paint and then tell people it's not done that way 
and then say it's an oil painting. I'm talking about like canvas, pencil, paint, you know, like I'm not talking about like your tricks that help your studio bust out 20 or 30 more of those pieces or whatever you're doing. And so painting is so different than the art world. So in the art world, go nuts. I mean, sell tea towels, do anything, sell a banana tape to a world, uh, a wall with duct tape. Like, you know, we all love that piece. That was so cool. So deep. Um, it was so sick. So, you know, again, uh, like when I got to the, the, the hit the wall and I realized, oh my God, like I'm not even a part of the art world. It was great. It was, yeah. it was freaking great. It was like a divorce in a huge way. Cause I realized, oh, I'm not going to ever be like a Jeff Koons or like some, mm. you know, some important title figure of like the contemporary art world. But like, it was also like, probably how a divorce does feel like you've got this opportunity now to just go where the love is and like okay like that didn't work but I feel like yeah it, it was I think if I could if most artists could do that it'd feel pretty light like I feel really light now like knowing that that's a load of accepting it having the balls to put it out there like if you really love painting if you love your art and you know like make a stance like mm. you know fight for it and, you know, I'm going to do some pretty cool things in this studio, which proves that I'm going to fight for more people to have a chance to even like start painting. I, I want to yeah, see more yeah. people paint. I want to see more people try and all painting. The only thing I ever did that started this all off was I, 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 I made one decision to paint, like to actually get some oils and just give it a go. And that's all I did, you know, and if I can help people do that through affordability of brushes or canvas or products or just like, you know, advice, I'm going to do it because, you know, it helps us. The more people that kind of, uh, you know, are in the language of painting and understand what it takes to make like, you know, a volume of work and go for it, they're going to appreciate us better. They're going to see that, yeah, like this is this is an important thing. This is a craft. This is artistry. And back to meritocracy, you know, and if, if you're not about meritocracy, I mean, you know, you, you just, you, you're not in my language. It's not, it's not my world. So yeah, that's, that's. Pretty and again, it, you know, it does depend on what you mean about art world. I mean, there are so many different art worlds and the one you're describing and the one that you're part of now is, yeah. is very different. I mean, it's, it's so interesting that when a lot of people are starting out, they they want to make it in the art world. I always say, you know, which one are you talking about? You yeah. know, because the one that I exist in, you know, people people from academia would look at what I do, and I know they do, and it makes them want to throw up their toenails. You know, they're yeah. just they're they're disgusted by it. But yeah. those aren't my people, so I couldn't give a rat's. It doesn't yeah. matter. You know, but I I feel like it's 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 important to find that again coming back to that authentic expression making the art that you want to make and and just living that 100 authentically there will yeah. be people who would love to buy that because yeah, they yeah. recognize that as yeah. soon as they see it of course focus on the quality but look bro i i i, I want to change gears a little bit here if that's okay yeah. because what what I, i've got your website up, pulled up here and throughout this conversation we've been cutting in some uh images of your amazing paintings and my goodness they are phenomenal um how would you 
I mean, I, you, you probably get people making comments about, oh, it looks just like a photo. I, I think they go beyond photographs. I mean, it's a, it's a painting. That's the, that's the thing that's just so insanely cool about this is that you're putting these together by hand with a friggin' paintbrush. Does that ever drive you nuts where you're looking at something and you're like, this is a bit of colored mud on a stick with some hair sticking out the end of it. And I'm smearing this around on a bit of cloth and I get to make this cool thing with yeah. just uh, such primitive tools, but yeah, it's extraordinary work, man. Extraordinary well, work. I, I know. I know it's the one thing I see other people do and it makes me jealous. Yeah. Just makes me jealous. It just instantly gives me this weird feeling. Mm. Like I, 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 I enjoy looking at other people's work. Um, it's just, it just must be, it must be the same way. Like, you know, Johnny Cash must've looked at Elvis. Like you just, you know, in your heart of hearts, you want to do that so bad when you see other people doing it. And, and um, a funny story is like one of our high school um, excursions was to the Queensland Gallery of Art and we saw Jeffrey Smart's work and he's one of a, 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 like oh, a yeah. famous kind of realist. But I hated the fact that when you got up close to Jeffrey Smart's work, it really like fell apart on that like last level of detail. Yeah. Like, so once you got to like a foot away, um, the brush strokes weren't really like that tight, but what he did was kind of sell it really well from, so like your eyes blurring gave you the depth. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going around the museum and I was always like a trouble kind of like not trouble, but like, you know, I, if there was kind of like fun to be had while you're on a high school excursion to a art gallery, I would, you know, be off doing something fun. Um, and I remember like, you know, hanging with these girls and it was all like flirty and we're all like having this great time. And we walked through this room of like awesome old paintings. I can't remember what they were, but I was about, I was 15, 16 years old. And I remember we walked through the museum and we totally completely ignored the work because we're just in our own teenage world, right? And then I got to the door and I made up an excuse and they kept going. And I went back and I had to just, I knew that there was a part of my brain that was just like, you know that this is your and you just walk past it and you kind of like pretend you ignored like your girl, your real love, you know? And so there I am like, and I, and it always stuck with me. Like what the hell I was like, I could not leave that day without going back and just making sure like I looked this close to a painting. Like I just, I had to feel the connection. My eye had to see a brush stroke and it had to kind of like connect. And it's always been like that. It's always just been like this weird obsession with detail and, you know, like certain artworks, certain mm. painters. I I'm never really like a fan of a certain one artist or like a certain, you know, but it's just like certain things, man, have just always given me this weird feeling that I'm completely vulnerable and jealous when I'm looking. And then I therefore know that's what I want to do. I mm. must want to do it. If, if it's something that just makes my eyes so interested and yet there's just this kind of like overwhelming like feeling like you should be doing that right now like yeah. right now why are you in your chair doing that piece of detail that you love you know you love to do it get there and do it and then i'd be like but i've got to like do you know 400 hours of pain to get to that last bit you know so it's yeah. just all it was never it, it, i think that's why it's just it's such an alluring art too like to get to the end it just takes so long you know like it's just it's just <laughs> totally. it's, yeah it's just it's, it's crazy i mean you can see now like i'm kind of like mm. um yeah it's almost like i'm talking about a person you know and and that's what i had to really admit like when i got to the you know the realization about the art world and all these other art that kind of comes out of like you know making a 
a Mickey Mouse looking character and all of a sudden that's what like everyone's freaking out about. And I'm just saying that from someone who's had, um, you know, this art thrust upon them because your, your government throws thousands of dollars at it and says, this is the art of today. And you're like, it's, it's a big Mickey Mouse made in China. Like it's a huge thing. Like, what do we like, you know, and it, it makes me think like we do it with every art form, you know, everyone just goes Taylor Swift. They just put one person at the top. And unfortunately, like, I honestly don't think that many girls like Taylor Swift. It's just repetition and it's just peer group influence. And by the time you realize, like, you didn't like her, you, you like her. Even I like Taylor Swift now because there's just so much. Oh, stop. Yeah. Oh, no, man. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many songs in my head from my daughters playing that stuff all oh, the Joel, time. You just got to shake it off, bro. You just yeah. got to shake yeah. it off. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hate, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, but that's, that's uh, to me, like art is probably like, you know, 90% of life. I just love yeah. art. I love absorbing stuff. I love, you know, watching my shows when I paint. That's the best art to me in the world. Um, I think like television, movies, music, I think that stuff is just like what I live for. And, um, you know, besides my family. But honestly, when I say what I live for, I'm going to turn this on everyone and realize like Stanley said to me, said uh, Stanley said in an interview and it spoke to me, he said that like, he used to feel that his friends were doing important jobs and he was like, you know, making comic books and, and whatnot. But someone pointed out to him that those comic books give people the joy that creates the installation around their depression taking over their lives. Right. And that's exactly how I feel about the art in my life. If it wasn't for like, you know, the music I listen to, the shows I'm into, the podcasts I listen to, the other artists I enjoy watching on Instagram, you know, seeing all that stuff. If it wasn't for that, I would be pretty shallow, man. I, I wouldn't have much to kind of draw upon. And I, I think this world would suck. So therefore, mm. I'm contributing my art and I'm hopefully giving people that entertainment value, which makes their lives in turn better. And if you're making someone's life better through what you do, what could be better than that? You know, you yeah, are absolutely. a doctor. You're a soul doctor, you know. Yeah. And I, speaking about my art, I think I really have to now like, you know, make art that just shows my soul, you know. I don't want to make... You know, I, I, I know I can make decorative art for the, the next couple of decades, make a really good living. If I just cut out the surrealist kind of allegorical stuff, if I just painted waves, I'd be really, I'd probably do a lot better actually commercially if I like took out the storytelling. But I think, you know, like I've seen the light. I've seen that like, you know, at the end of it all, the best thing that we can reveal is that there is evidence of a soul, you know, like we're, we're, we're this really different animal. We have mm. a soul. We have something that's really in there, like a compass that looks inside of ourselves and looks at everything else. And we're pretty fascinating, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's something in your work that kind of alludes to this. I, I, I find it very hauntingly beautiful. And I I, I hesitate to, to uh, and I don't think I'm going to say, because I... This is this is the thing with with art. I believe that the viewer brings to the painting their own meaning. You can have the best of intentions about what that painting means, but they're bringing to it their story. I just have pulled up on the screen here. Um, the title of this painting is "The Time Has Come" from 2013, yeah. and so for the people listening to the audio version, it's. I, I mean, could we describe this as a bit of a self portrait? Here you are, kneeled on the beach, and there's this crashing blue wave coming in and it is just barreling down and there's a briefcase open in front of this gentleman in a suit a storm 
gathering on that horizon and all mm. of these papers are flowing out of this briefcase like it's been caught up in a whirlwind mm. i look at this and there's just so much tension and drama in this piece the first thing about this though that i'll say is 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 what captures me is the craft how well executed it is and it almost feels like that's your hook. And now that you've got me, here's the message. Yeah. And um, to me, I, I don't, okay, I will say what this means to me. It means that this stuff that, to me, this stuff that we deem as important, these bits of paper, the minutiae in life, there's something bigger coming our way. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I love it. I love it. But at the same time, it makes me feel pretty uncomfortable. Tell me about this piece, Joel. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, this kind of work, it doesn't, it only comes from having, you know, a, like a crazy life, you know, and mm. I don't think my life's, you know, more interesting than the next person, but I will say it's had some pretty like turbulent ups and downs, like, um, you know, it's kind of like I, I grew up, you know, pretty much borderline with like the roughest kind of street kids. It, it was always kind of like, you know, you know, sex and drugs and crime. I mean, I'm like 12, 13, 14, and that stuff is like centered of my life. You know, like there is just so much kind of like like being a parent now, I realized like, wow, like, man, I was like in straight off the bat from an early age. And um, yeah, it took its toll, but it also gave me this kind of M&M quality, you know, like I, I've seen a lot of stuff and I've been confronted and I've been, you know, I've been hurt and I've been, you know, physically hurt. I've been, you know, I've been kind of mentally like run down with all that kind of drama. And I've also had to kind of, you know, uh, bury some friends and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I think this is, you know, this is the product, right? You get someone who just like, without any kind of like um, self-preservation can't help but be honest for lack of a better word. Mm. Like, and yeah, you, you, there is so much focus on meaningless in, in this existence on earth at this time in life. You know, I don't know if it was always this way with humans, you know, I'm very confused about, I feel personally like a human being caught in the wrong time. I don't know if like I should, you know, but I just feel like this kind of like, society and this existence that we're in things take so long to change that if you're born in this time in life you're kind of trapped you know intellectually in a, in a place where you know you have no bearing on on your you know your societal surroundings um so there's all that you know like there's there's pretty much that kind of like introspection mixed with you know public awareness personal awareness political awareness and and then at the end of the day, knowing, okay, that painting, if I left the man out, you know, and left the papers out and just did this kick wave, you know, that's a painting. But what makes it Joel Rear is, is Joel Rear's in that painting. Like, that's me, you know, that's yeah. me. And I'm about to die in that painting, you know, like, that's, that's what I'm saying, you know. I don't know what death is. I don't know what it's going to, mm. where you go and what you become. Mm. Um, I am super interested in, um, you know, the possibilities of all those different kind of alternate um, dimensions. You know, like we, we're made up of neutrons. Neutrons have electrons in them. Electrons can disappear and reappear. You know, parts of our body can disappear and then reappear. 
And then, mm. you know, we've got this soul kind of problem. Like we, we have like a, people think they can find the soul with pineal gland. It weighs 20, you know, there's all these kind of questions. Like, what is that about? Why is DMT released when you die? Why is the most potent psychedelic known to man stored in your brain and then released when you die? Mm. Uh, it sounds like it's almost like a little ticket to the next life. And maybe it is, but we, we definitely don't realize like we're all just like clinging onto a, floating rock all the time like we're like oh what what race are you and what where are you from and what's your history <laughs> like what we should be doing is like holding on and going oh my god you're holding on to this rock too wow oh, like <laughs> that's what we, this thing is spinning like we yeah. don't care like american psycho the movie is that is a movie like american psycho mm -hmm. so and you know like i always kind of like have this humorous little juxtaposition in my head if patrick like got together and went, went and worked for like some company that did like NASA research to find other like you know that's just like a, a kind of weird I don't know wormhole of thought like so there's Patrick Bateman is this perfect example of like you know completely obsessed with like status and and like when I think about those blank pieces of paper in my movie, that's like a Patrick Bateman mentality. Like, where do you fit on a piece of paper? Like, where are you? Are you the mo are you on the top of that list? That constructed list, you know that that other. It's all made by other humans. Like even like your name and you know like even you're kind of like everything, but your body is just like we've all invented this way of just dealing with being this animal, right? And then you know we have this whole other thing going on where there's like there's life outside of this planet like we, we're we're a planet amongst many like so it's, it's really like humbling just when you kind of go from like a patrick bateman to like you know someone who's kind of trying to answer the bigger questions it's like wow like I, I i used to be such a patrick bateman all the time you know just like especially at the start of my like painting career when i got a little bit of success early you know i thought like yeah i'm, I, I'm gonna like soon I'm going to win this award and soon I'm going to like have this gallery calling me. And it was just, it, it just wasn't anything that like, um, like I, I couldn't control it. Like I just mm. felt like the ego starting to take over, you know? And then, and then luckily the best things that have ever happened to me are the, the bad things. Like the, I think the bad things in all my life have made me an, a better, like the more kind of like the sculpture of badness, you kind of chips away at me like the more kind of like better I become, even though that doesn't, it's kind of like exercise, you know, the more pain you kind of put up with, the more you, you understand that you don't want to inflict that pain on anyone else, you know, like you don't want to kind of, you know, Interesting. yeah. 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 So I guess, yeah, that's, that's a good kind of like, um, like a way of rationalizing most of my duality in my paintings, you know, yeah. just that kind of like that hypocrite we all can be where I'm totally selfish, and then that kind of like awakened soul that can be like totally, you know, ready to take on any kind of like, you know, what is, what does the universe mean? And like, yeah. it means I'm vice president, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> vice. <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, painting now, the star catchers and, you know, it's, it's a stunning painting. And again, you know, yeah. you can see that there's a lot of layers in there, but I, I want to get into some technical stuff if that's all right. And yeah. because I look at this work and I'm like, okay, I wonder about that process from that initial idea through to the finished work. Because when I look at your work, 
you know, it's not, I, I can tell there's so much that goes into it from the conception of the idea through to the finished article. What yeah. does that process look like for you from start to finish? Can you walk us through? Yeah, it usually is like, I do honestly have like a kind of thumbnail sketch. that's just so minuscule. Like it'll kind of be like tiny and that'll be just like the Genesis, you know? And it, but it's more just about like, trying to like not forget okay like oh yeah so i always go out at, at night really late at night look at the stars for like a couple of minutes and um i always find myself doing that after like lock up the house or whatever but i, I kind of always look up at the stars and i will i will a little shooting star and usually happens it's pretty it's like five ten minutes you you'll usually see a shooting star hmm. and um you know so then the idea is born and i write down the sketch and i'm like I'm like, I used to always like kind of uh, throw drapes for photo shoots anyway. And and when you're looking at all the kind of photos of you, I was like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like a big sack, you know? And and like my childhood kind of thing starts kicking in. I'm like, wasn't there a movie where a kid was like in a sack? And so I, I love kind of like feeling all these kind of like flavors start to brew up, you know? And then you're like, oh, it's like influence from the Goonies or influence from like that song that you loved or that perfume your mum used to wear and like it's all coming back and I find like when I do the childhood kind of thing that's where like my most kind of like you know like universal ideas come from like because I think most people have the same vibes as a child as we we share the same dreams you know that not ready for school dream that kind of like oh, you know yeah yeah and, and that one yeah. that one sucks <laughs> yeah and, and it's throughout the world like it's crazy like yeah. my favorite show of all time is the sopranos and right. they really captured dreams well in the sopranos like tony soprano's reoccurring dreams and one of them is he's in high school anyway um so star catches it yeah it starts with that and then i'd go and kind of basically um deliberately reference hunt so that can be anything from like you know going out and shooting references that i know will work or just googling the out of references that i know that if i like you know tweak enough like i mm. can turn like a reference of iceberg into something that looks not like an iceberg but i can use that reference so i think star catch is the whole landscape came out of like ice rock and me just changing and changing and, and moving things around until i was happy with that kind of structure then the the positions of me with the drape are just trial and error with a photographer friend and usually what happens is I'm happy with the body or like one thing and the drape. And then, so like, I'll have to take the drape from one photo and then the body from another, or mm -hmm. I'll have like one leg will be just not pleasing my eye. So I'll have to kind of like change a leg or whatever. Um, but I really like the performance as well, you know, cause like in that painting is Joel Rear being an actor. Like I'm performing this kind of like thing where like, uh, and I, I, and my friends like trip out. Cause when I do the stuff, I actually like, say things out loud and I like yell and I'm like I'm gonna get this one and I'll be like trying to like really sell it you know like I want to like pretend I'm catching something that's flying through the sky and um and then there's you know like after I'm kind of working on the painting I'm like this has heaps of deeper meanings because it's like yeah like the it's got the luck thing you know like to catch a star and then it's got like this kind of like um nuance of like people being so selfish if we could collect a star would we you know would there be a billionaire out there who would just want to own a star and like you know take it away and hold it in some kind of like bunker you know <laughs> and so you know I just I kind of like I do honestly believe like 
it grows and grows. Like, it's not like I, I grow this big thing and start a painting. It's like, I just start a painting and then like, I just let it kind of do its thing. And then before you know it, like I can tie heaps of stuff into it. And that's back to like letting people interpret it. I just, I just let them define its meaning because what's the point, you know, and it shouldn't have words next to it because then, you know, you've kind of like, you're not trying to like speak with visuals, right? You know, you're mm. trying to speak with visuals. That was another thing the art world always gave me a lot of like, you know, annoyance about having to write 2000 words to accompany your painting. If it, if it needs words then just have the words, you know, yeah. words can say what you're going to do. If you can't see it, then you can't see it. Um, so yeah, Star Catches is, is just one of those kind of paintings that, um, yeah, it's 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 process too, you know. So yeah. I, I I have a process as do you know most artists of just like you understand how you know you're gonna paint it, like you know. But if you were to show some people, like if I was to sh probably show you from A to B how I get the you know the Photoshop design, and and most of my paintings get about eighty percent like designed in Photoshop. I will kind of have the you know, the foresight to go, well, I know something's going to go there. I'll just, I need to start this piece and I'll work it out as I'm doing it. But yeah, Photoshop is key, you know? Um, so in that sense, like creatively, I'm I'm a digital artist in so many ways, you know, like mm. and that's, that's when NFTs and cryptos, all that stuff came around. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean into this. This is something that I've always been like, I, I've always been like a digital artist. I've always been like, you know, I studied illustration. I actually wanted to be an illustrator because I loved, you know, that whole ability to be on the front cover of Rolling Stone or, you know, Mad Magazine was my thing as a kid, like big time. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of went for that. But art was more like an intervention because the first person I met after art college um, kind of helped me quickly learn how little illustration work there was out there to support a lifelong career. And also, you know, art is anything you want to do. It's what you want to do, you know, and turn that into your thing. So I, I was really inspired by this artist who was already doing that. He was doing a bit of illustration and a bit of fine art. And what would happen was, you know, like the the fine art had all this kind of personal connection, whereas the illustration, had just you just talked to editors who hated their job you know like so illustration was like you know oh we've got a deadline this sucks um we can only pay you this much and it was you know it was a proper job job and then fine art was like people either coming in and going oh you know i love this and and just kind of like you know it, it, i could see straight away that art just had this more kind of personal thing going and, and i was mm -hmm. like yeah I, I really dig that like i i want to you know i want to do art i want to i want to be an artist of that nature. Like I want to, you know, be available and and meet people and, you know, kind of like the one of the biggest projects I'm going to work on in this studio is a four meter painting where I'm just going to wow. add unlimited people into a landscape until I just can't do it anymore. But I think like my work would really suit that kind of idea where I just keep adding people and just keep putting humanity into this painting until it feels like I've captured a good snapshot of what it's like to be alive now, you know, and, and by people, I mean, like anyone can be in this painting as long as they kind of like, you know, participate and do a cool pose or do something. I want like people with all kinds of like gestures, like binoculars or looking at their phone, like just something that really like kind of speaks to maybe their own unique personality. But, you know, thinking about 
now being able to do such a project as well as the other paintings I need to do for the money that I'm making but like that would never come from an illustration career like so you know this is just totally like you know um it, it has worked out but it, it it didn't kind of seem like it was gonna you know just just to let most young artists or you know emerging artists know it, it never seemed like this kind of path was definite until it was you know so you, you're always going to be on you know an uneven ground as a as a painter you know yeah. as someone who has to make money from like what is generally a luxury goods you know like yeah, exactly yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's I've always thought that the best way there is no guarantee to success, but the best way to, to ensure better odds was to employ just a little bit of diversification just from a business standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, on the art front, you mentioned something there about being a digital artist and you know, that's informed so much of my process is the, the, you know, a bit of Photoshop design, really meticulously planning out a composition, doing a digital painting that takes days to, to do sometimes. And I love digital painting. I mean, I got, I got my Wacom tablet here, right here. There we go. Um, and, and so I, I just love it. I love spending those long hours uh, here, you know, in the studio before I, I do an epic work. But I, I was really, there was... I was really caught off guard when AI kind of reared its head a little bit. And I I first started getting some comments. I didn't pay it any attention. A couple of the comments were like, oh, you know, why do you even bother? AI's already got you whipped. I'm like, what are they even talking about? I didn't have any idea of what was going on. And then it became, you know, are you using AI to come up with this stuff? Why don't you use AI to come up with this stuff? Now, I, I got a particular view about this. But from somebody that's doing surrealistic stuff, reinterpreting reference material, coming up with these crazy ideas, does AI factor into your creative process? Uh, and and would you use it if you don't? Uh, how do you feel about it? How does it jive uh, with you creatively? Uh, I mean, it's a... I, I wouldn't... I'd say a lot of people seem to let that one get, get under their skin a bit, but... Mm. I mean, if you just, it's just a tool. I mean, it, to me, it seems like, it seems like it's just the, this, you know, generation's version of like cutout effect, you know, Photoshop and you put up an image and like you just add an effect and it's kind of like, you see it sometimes you go into like a gallery and, and like there might be a photographer or, or an artist kind of like doing just Photoshoppy stuff and they're selling their prints for like 150 bucks or whatever, like, um, I think it's the same, you know, like I don't, I don't ever see AI like creeping in and like destroying, you know, like the physical world of like this painting is worth this. And, you know, I don't, I, I just see it being, you know, insidiously used in other ways, you know, mm. I think art's the least worry. And, and, you know, like, I mean that like genuinely like about like, you know, personal safety and stuff like that. I think AI is a real risk when it comes to like imitation and all that stuff, you know, like kind of cloning voices and, you know, trying to trick kids and all that stuff, you know, like there's just wow. some really, some That's really weird. seedy concepts. Yeah. That well, with deep fakes now, it's, yeah, it's deep fake. I mean, look, the, yeah. the art I've seen on AI is just a portal to hell, you know, like it's look, look at it. It's just like when Dude. people throw out those images, it's, yeah. it, it, it gives me a little shudder and it's Have like, you seen Loeb? I think so. Yeah, the fangs and all. No, those. no, no. Well, Loeb is this female character who looks like a cadaver sewn together with different 
bits and oh, pieces no, no. and she's a character well no no through, through a series of prompts this is bizarre this is a rabbit hole but i i and i i, I find myself going down some weird rabbit holes bro but yeah, somebody yeah, started yeah. feeding in prompts and then it started and it wasn't just based on one prompt there were alt, other people that were finding this character as well through sort of different prompts it's kind of where it was wanting to lead it to and yeah, this thing right. showed up. Now I'm sounding like a crackpot. I know I don't care. Yeah, but it's like Ghost but in the Machine stuff. Kinda, kinda. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was super dark, super creepy. And I I I mean, for that other reasons, I got my reasons why I, I don't want to mess with it personally. But I'm just I'm curious to yeah. hear other artists' take on no, it. Like, I haven't used it. I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't download like a, a program and try and figure that out. I, I'm way too mm. busy. I mean, I'd way rather like try and figure out how to make better video edits or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'd I I don't think it like I saw that you can like put a prompt in and like I could like take a wave and and write like add horse falling from the sky crashing into the wave and it would give me like three solid options so to me I'm like oh shit like that's so tempting because what I usually do then is like I've got my wave and then I'm just like going through thousands of images of like the either the horses I took photos of or the references I've just saved off the internet and then like you'll find a good one and the lighting's not right so like, you know, it's like, oh, if only the lighting was like coming from the top to, and then I could put that into a painting and I, that that problem solved and I could move on. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's so tempting, but I, I, I kind of know that it's going to take some work. I, I just would really feel like, uh, comp, like, uh, I'm, I kind of feel full if I was to just like jump on this AI tool and then like tune that into like, you yeah. know, and then kind of use that to then influence my work rather than um, like, say if it becomes so easy where it's like, just um, like you just, I don't know, click a button, I'll probably use it then. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. as long as it takes like five or six steps to like learn how to use AI as like mid journey or whatever, I'll just resist because I think that that will be the block that'll stop me. And, you know, like I, I, you know, I don't know, like uh, as an artist who really enjoys how they already do their process, like it, it just gives me a little bit of fear to think like, oh man, that would just be such a can of worms if I, if I, if, if not only like I enjoyed it, but it made like everything else like hum as well. Like say I used AI and then like, I'm just like, well, what's wrong with it? You know? And then I don't know. So I guess like, yeah buyer beware like just really like again just come back to that like what what did you want to do like with your art and and to me it's always been about like yeah like touching like those last those, those strokes of oil paint and you know just kind of making that that art that you know came from like that slow toil you know I don't think my art would feel the same unless it came out of slow toil I think that's what you know to me is is like the kind of the, the interesting thing like I'm like a beaver and when people come across my dam they go look this guy's dam must have taken so long to make and it's like because they weren't around to watch the dam be made they just see the dam and they just go this dude is nuts but if you saw me do it you'd be like he's human like you know he does a little bit here he wastes some time doing that he's on the internet too much he's doing too much you know this and that like you'd see I'm not like this superhuman busy beaver but i yeah. think you know everyone with this kind of impulsion to share 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 we don't do the reveal anymore like we just kind of like i haven't been on instagram for a week so i better show 
you know, like my painting that's like not even half done. And and that sucks, you know, because I feel that pressure too to keep posting and, mm. you know, keep the, the energy going. And, and, you know, when you post, you'll get inquiries and online sales and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of things that you have to, there's a lot of poison that you'll have to swallow anyway. Like AI to me is like a cup of poison. You can totally choose to avoid just avoid it like it just looks to me it looks like a gateway to hell uh, <laughs> it's like a portal it's like event horizon and it oh, is dude, copywriting yeah. all of humanity yeah. so what it is is it's taking all our work yeah. and like mingling it so it's kind of copywriting our work so that's yeah. what it is it's, it's just plagiarized that's that's part of the sample that it's taken and it's learning from is yeah, it's what plagiarized. you put online yeah, but it's not yeah. us. So what we get back is like, welcome to hell. <laughs> this is like, I mean, creepy. yeah, creepy. I, I you know, Weird. and I, I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of have like a couple of art gods in my life and I just always go back to the Bible of what they do and did. And if I stick to that, I kind of feel a bit, you know, more centered about who I am. I'm more of a disciple of like a Salvador Dali Okay. Or, you know, someone like Alex Gray, I really like from America. Mm -hmm. Like, I love his kind of like presence as an artist, his, mm -hmm. his vibe. Like, and, you know, you don't have to be that kind of like giving and generous and stuff, but like, you can tell like he's authentic, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's just authenticity to me is really like that and meritocracy. Like that's a superstar and you don't have to have like a million dollar mansion to be a superstar in my book, you know, like you can, you can just make, you know, what i don't even know like 50 grand a year and be happy off an art career and you're still a superstar if you only need that 50 grand you know mm -hmm. but like if you to me if you like hit your stride with like what you make and like who you are and those two things are like pretty you know smoothly coalesced at the top and that's like you know you, you've killed it in my book like yeah, i see right on i see guys like so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so. i won't i'm not going to say now i feel bad about saying cause but like he's just a good example because, we can flip it it's all good yeah you know like he's just a, he's a no you, i mean I'm, I'm saying cause because like good on the guy you know like yeah, he, yeah. he's killed it he is the, the the biggest artist in the world i think is he i don't know like but i like, recently gets, just unfollowed him because i was just like what is this yeah I'm done. yeah he gets all the rules <laughs> but like to me and you can keep this in like he's I've seen his visual works. They don't yeah. strike as anything like impressive where I go, how did he do that? That must've taken him a long time. Yeah. He's a genius. That idea is cool. I, I don't see any of that. I see like a Mickey Mouse figure constantly reused and it just looks like Mickey Mouse to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing inventive in there. And so I, I feel okay with saying like, um, when you identify what you like in art, you know, like Salvador mm. Dali, um, even if other people don't like that, you know, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't, um, you know, kind of go by what they do as like you're, you're almost like profit, you know, like to me, when Dali started combining the photography references with like the dreamlike kind of land, like that was just like a perfect moment of like technology meeting oil painting and like same with Vermeer, but Vermeer just didn't do it in any kind of spectacular way, you know, like, but when references really started getting like appropriated into like, you know, art, uh, that's where I know like my heart's like really starts to fill up. And then when those kind of paintings also meet a bit of like surrealism and, you know, quirkiness, I mean, that to me is just like, you know, heaven. It's like, I live for that stuff. And yeah, I, I feel pretty, you know, 
comfortable now knowing that I'm just going to, you know, have this slow output. I'm not going to hire assistants to work on my paintings. I really don't feel like, you know, morally and ethically, that's anything I'm going to do. I think, you know, that's another thing, you know, as a collector, I would be a bit miffed if I found out like my painting was like half worked on by someone's assistant in the studio. Cause half the time, I mean, to be honest, when people are hiring assistants to paint in their studio, they just want more money because their galleries are just saying make more work. And I, I, I never really see artists making tremendous kind of, you know, unique, amazing works with an assistant doing, it's usually a formula painting that they've kind of like, you know, they're leaning back on as the kind of like bread and butter for their career. So I'll never have that shortcut. I'll never, you know, do some kind of weird trick where you get a, a an Epson printer to print the underdrawing onto a piece oh, of canvas. Shit. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's being yeah, that's yeah. what's going on now, and oh, and yeah. there's a lot of that. And man, and I'm serious. Like, I I have my own, you know, ethics and morality around what I'll sell as a piece of jewelry mm. artwork. And I think at the end of the day, by doing that and and you know having that authenticity. There can be nothing more powerful for a client to witness than go, wow, like that guy is is actually not going for money. Like he's he's just gonna he's work. All in. He's just all in for the work. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you can go and I mean, you can test me on that. I I, I would, you know, I, I'll beat that test if you if you want to look to see where I put my money and and how I live my life. Like <laughs> I um yeah, I, I'm kind of just like yeah, hundred percent down on. Well, you know, like. I could have a sick car or I could make sick work. I think making sick work is going to be a lot better for my soul, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and if you want to, you know, flex and all that other stuff, just know that like when you're on Instagram flex and you're just hurting people, man, like, you, you, you know, like uh, so many people need to get real, like stop hurting humanity with your flexing stuff. Like you might be able to take it. And then you might also have this kind of like, feeling that your influence is going to inspire people but really like inspiration comes from being honest like it comes from like letting letting your flaws go like i i've i think like the best thing i've ever done in all my artwork is is let my secrets go and they're right there for people to see you know like there's literally like self portraits i've done where my head's just barely above water and i've got an anchor weighing down my leg you know and the painting's called see me and i'm saying to you like see me i'm not this awesome like art guy who has it all sorted out it's like i just fought for something that i loved and i've been able to do it for 20 years you know and mm. and now i can kind of like give a perspective on what that 20 years has been like that's what i can offer like i can't offer anything else and to my clients who buy my paintings i think they're all pretty lucky i think and i i, I actually say that to most of them i say you know like you're getting something that's pretty rare, like, you know, and they wait a long time for these paintings. And, um, you know, I feel like that honesty resonates with them because then they go and check, you know, the website and see what actually is happening. And there's not much happening. Like there's not this kind of like, you know, just constant flow falling out of my ass of like, you know, I've got to, got to play to the gallery. You got to keep them happy. And I think, you know, if you're in a situation where you're making eight to 12 paintings right now for a gallery, I mean, galleries might hate me for saying this, but you're not doing your artwork the service it deserves. Like you're yeah. doing eight to 12 paintings for a gallery. Every time I look at a painting and I semi just want to 
like make it not exist anymore and take it off my website. It was when I was in that position of making eight to 12 paintings for a gallery because the work just wasn't even artwork. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like the proper stuff, you know, like mm. it was like asking Kurt Cobain to write a song about a Big Mac, you know, like it's not going to be the same as like come as you are, is it? Like it's not no. going to be, yeah. you know, his yeah. penny royalty. Like it's, it's going to be a song about a Big Mac because you made him hurry up, you know, and then it's it's all just it's a big loss for everyone. But when you let Joel Rear just do his thing, be patient. Like I do stuff, and you know it, it's stuff I want to leave on my website forever. You know, like and yeah. then therefore it'll live forever, and people will you know get that. And I don't know, it's hard. It, it can be really hard, you know, because clients want to also you know come in and be a part of it, and uh, you know you've got to resist. They're, they're going to say, oh, would you mind? you know doing this and doing that and you know just try and you know keep it keep it clean it's your thing you know mm. and don't play to the gallery don't <laughs> do, do you have a gallery now joel that, i have a, i have many galleries that i yeah. could work with straight away because i've Perfect. been pretty straightforward and honest with them you know and Fantastic. they know the deal but they also know that here's the deal now like if i give them a painting they're mostly in for a 50-50 split, okay? And that's fine. Um, all I really, really want from that 50-50 split is the fact that that client came from them. But unfortunately, what happens most of the time is I give my paintings to galleries and my clients go over to that gallery and buy the painting and then, you know, come back and go, well, we gave them 50% to take, you know, so there was no... There's no point. Those clients were mine and I was just giving them to a gallery anyway. So yeah. um, I, I really think like galleries are important, but they've got to, they've got to switch it up. You know, like I, I, what I was doing for a long time with the art galleries I was involved with was I was propping up the artists that couldn't make any money because every time I would come once a year around with my exhibition, I would make the galleries a lot of money. And then what I noticed was the exhibitions that were kind of like around my exhibitions were really like low, like they weren't doing well because the artist's work wasn't as commercially, you know, hot. And um, yeah, I would say to the gallery, okay, you know, we've made this money and are we going to reinvest it? And often you just get no, like you were part of a stable and, you know, they, the gallery needs to put the money that comes from the successful shows to keep the other shows kind of going. And, you know, I, I really, um, my heart goes out to young people today that are just yeah. starting out and, and just about to launch their career. Yeah. And, and, and I, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier on about, you know, what, what we may tell our, our 20 year old selves, but, you know, it's interesting the day that we're in, you know, as much turmoil is, is in the world, as much distraction and things to kind of get bent out of shape about. I, I personally feel, and, I, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I personally feel that there's an enormous amount of opportunity, you know, because when we started out, you know, there wasn't, when I first started out, there wasn't social media. I, I yeah. didn't even have a website, you know, it's all yeah. bricks and mortar. It was all physical interfacing. And then this internet thing shows up. You're like, what is this? You know, so. That, I, I guess that rug's been pulled now, you know, like yeah. the is if I was to say to a 20 year old, I, I really wouldn't know because I mean, the, the social media rug has been pulled so hard from under everyone. Like I was mm. looking at my, um, like the amount of people that viewed stuff on my page the other day. Like I, I thought I'll have a good look and 
man, the numbers are just so down. Like, it's just like, they're not letting anyone see anything. And so that's real tricky because I kind of like blossomed in that time when Instagram was just like going crazy and everything was like, you know, everyone, it was quite easy to get a lot of followers like day to day. You were just growing and growing. And um, it felt like, you know, that faucet was going to be on forever, but you know, we all, we all see the bigger picture now. So maybe everyone can kind of not do that for the next Mark Zuckerberg and make him totally rich. And that's why I jumped on, and I don't, I do not want to preach at all about this subject. I don't want to really go into it and sell it, but that's why I got into NFTs and the blockchain. And that's why without a doubt, that is something that's decentralized that if you had a hundred artists in your crew two years ago, when this thing kicked off, you would all be sitting now on lifelong money. You would never have to worry ever again, because all you needed in that period was a crew and you could have gotten those NFTs going and the amount of people that would have jumped in and made you a superstar purely out of FOMO, because that's all that was happening. It was fear. Everyone was just like, I have to like grab all these NFTs now because I don't know who's mm. going to be like the next Beeple, who's going to flip this, what's going to be worth anything. And there was just no one there. So I was kind of like, I'm saying no one was there in, in, in terms of my inner network. Like none of my friends were like believing me. And I was like, man, and, and it's still going now. Like it is still a way that I can definitely see that I'll monetize and take a revenue stream from my art. And I, I can see through the blockchain, you know, like there will be definite adaptations where you can, and where you can use the utility. And this utility is what I would say to the 20 year olds. So NFTs, taught me about utility what's utility utility is value behind something so with an nft what they realized was if they built in utility behind something that's just merely a token code on a computer screen if if that code actually has like say the ability to get you into a building that you normally couldn't get into like that that's utility that nft then does have value it's a key it's a passport so i'm kind of thinking now like Okay, my NFTs will have utility, but so will my limited edition prints, my skate decks and my oil paintings. Like I basically only sell, you know, three, four, maybe five different types of things. But if you pretty much buy something of mine, you get the utility of access to me. The collectors of my work get to collect and, and basically own what is a percentage of my friendship in a way i mean you can be my friend or not but like if you buy my work and you're interested in it and we could become mates or you could just become someone who gets something more out of me than just kind of like you know here's my painting take it or leave it so that was a huge big idea behind getting this huge studio because um yeah i thought like if i have this kick space it's like an art gallery and it's just like the inside of my brain so i'm just going to deck it out over the years and just fill it with all this stuff to look at and it's not open to the public what is it well it's it's the utility behind being a collector any collector of mine if you somehow manage to get to the front door it opens for you if you're not a collector it doesn't open <laughs> it's simple so you know thinking about like the modern world like for these 20 year olds like yeah like have your paintings, make that your utmost. And then, you know, behind that, when people, you know, support you, give them more, give them, you know, more than they expected. Uh, and that'll always work, you know, like to just kind of keep your, you know, fans, your followers, you know, going and let them know, like, it's, it's really like more than just a business. You, you, you're, you're, 
you are a philanthropist if you buy even one of my prints. You're, you're actually like helping me make new work and, and in that kind of way, you're supporting culture. Like, so even if it's a little dollar, what's the difference, you know? Like, um, and so Patreon, all that stuff that, you know, that's cool. Uh, in, Instagram subscribers, that seems pretty cool. That seems like, you know, I've got a mate who's already doing that pretty well for $15 a month. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like I would say to any uh, person who doesn't have an online store, get an online store, you know, or have something there. If people want to, you know, buy it, they can't buy it if it's not there, you know. And then, yeah. um, hell, feel free to copy my. Shit. I'll never, you know, I, I will not care. Go to my website and just copy how I've done everything, and that's how you should probably do everything because I've put a lot of thought into it, and that's that's what customers and clients need to see and hear. What they want to see in here is what's written on my website. It's just basically what's on the, you know, the description of the products and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then links to my, you know, stuff here and there. And then you can Google me and see I'm a real person. And then, you know, I was even thinking of like setting up a phone number for the gallery um, that you can call, like maybe have the phone on for like one hour a day and just throw the number out there on the internet, like on Instagram. <laughs> Oh, and wow. if you get th if you get through, I'll just talk to you. you know? like you've <laughs> got to be a well, you've got to be a collector, you know. I think oh, like okay. once you're a collector, those yeah. kind of things would be like for me, it'd be super interesting if my favorite artist threw out a phone number and then said, "Look, try this number all day, but it's only going to be the phone's only going to be on for one hour a day." <laughs> That's cool. So all wow. these ideas now are, are possible because my fish tank is big enough, you know. Like I could yeah. put. I can put stuff over here. I actually do want to get like a big screen that displays digital art. And I was thinking like, you know, even to put in layman's terms, like I can't have a painting of yours here, right? Mm -hmm. But say, well, it's just logistically, I don't want to take a painting off you. I don't want you to have to stress about, you know, sending one over to Australia. And what for? It's got to be a business deal. It's got to be a huge kind of contract thing. We can talk. <laughs> we can talk but listen this, this sure, is what I, I, listen to how easy this idea is yeah okay yeah. 90 98 inch screen high def 8k screen and right. you send me your utmost best file and then when i have like an opening downstairs in the space you just have slideshow of like all your people like these are my bros just boom <laughs> boom cool. and and, and it'll even look better than like you know you can have like yeah. other visual cues but for me i can have my paintings on the screen, my NFT animations, you know, and then link it to other people who are doing the same kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just coming back to all of it, like, you know, uh, give yourself, give your career some life support, you know, like just pump it, just go, you know, like <laughs> you got to try and, you got to try and make some money off everyone. You know, you're not going to, you're probably not going to, um, always be lucky in one specific market. You know, that's why I sell prints for a couple hundred dollars. That's why I sell, you know, paintings for, you know, what they sell for. That's the high end and the low end for merch. And mm -hmm. you know, in between is probably like large scale prints that we sell. So, you know, you've got to kind of like have something there for everyone. And, and then, you know, you can't complain. If, if you're not doing that, then you can't complain when it's not, you're not making enough money off your art, you know, because... Yeah. You know, that's just a no-brainer to me. I, I do meet a lot of artists who kind of, you know, the first and foremost complaint is they're with a gallery. The gallery takes 50% or 40% or commission. Um, 
and they just don't make enough money, you know? So, you know, I, but it, to me, it was like, you know, did you try NFTs? Did you try prints? And obviously I say NFTs and crypto knowing now we're in a really bad market. Like it's been obliterated. So, you know, anyone thinking I'm trying to dupe into a, a shitty that, yeah, it's shit at the moment. Is uh, still things still happening? Yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, I'm working on another NFT animation drop now because I believe in the space. I, I love it. I think it's in that year when NFTs, I made more connections with artists than I had in 10 years, like meeting them and wow. like collaborate. And hey, man, if you buy my NFT, I'll buy yours and then we'll flip it and we'll help each other. Because basically all you're doing is help each other put a kind of stock out there into the world and going, is it valuable? And if you had your mates there to help and go, yeah, he's legit, then you would have been fine. But a lot of artists kind of slept on it. And I was a bit, mm. I mean, you know. Should have gotten him. Well, I'll... I think I think there's a lot to gain, honestly, yeah. by, you know, by making something that can be, well, I just think that, I think there is a lot to gain um, mm. purely because it, it eliminates any physical uh, kind of, you know, look, when I send someone a print, there mm. is a lot of kind of like, stress and logistics around just that print you know it's a physical object it needs to get from my studio to that person's house then to a gallery then to a framer and most of the time you know these collectors that will kind of come into your hemisphere you know like their ability to want to like have more physical stuff dragging behind them it's over for them. They they have their lives filled with stuff. They might be able to maybe get one painting or what, you know, of yours. But what I noticed was a lot of people who are on the fringe, they want to support in some way. And I think what happened with NFTs was it just became like a free-for-all for other kinds of things. But what I see really capable in there is a kind of transactional system that can happen without any physical objects needing to be tied to it. So I don't need to create rubbish. I don't need to create stuff. I don't need to use computers and inks and, and like things to make things. All I need to do is just like, like an email, just check what's going on, you know, and then with the utility that can be the same as someone signing up to my Patreon. So I know you do Patreon, don't you? Uh, did do. Yeah. Yeah. Did now do, yeah. now so, we've got our own uh, independent uh, online art school. So we've, we've yeah. built our own thing now, which is very so, exciting. So, so. And so the, the blockchain to me is like a way of, if you've got a, of something mm -hmm. of mine on the blockchain, like if you've got one of those NFT codes, mm -hmm. like to me, that just says that like, you know, you, you're like a subscriber, you've got a key, you, you, that key to me, it's important to me. It's important to, to you, hopefully. And, and, and I think the blockchain is, is, you know a, a good like it's been used so much that it, it's legitimate like it it is kind of constantly you know being adapted by by important government institutions by large companies by you know all the, so it is the one kind of digital bond to put it kind of you know plain and simple so i'm creating like digital bonds so they're there there's like going to be a you know a historical thing from like 2021 certain people have like been my you know patrons through nfts and they will hold on to that and, and nothing can diminish that you know but to me that's going to be something that like you know i can do one dollar giveaways of an nft right so i can say hey this new painting i finished this new painting i'm going to turn it into 10 nfts okay it's the image of the painting and for a dollar, you can go into a raffle and win the $1 NFT of that. Now I've done that. And then the person who got it for a dollar turned around and flipped their NFT for like 1800 bucks the next day. So someone went, well, I didn't get one. 
and it's only 1800 bucks and I can have that NFT. And what they did then was they took something that I sold for a dollar, turned it into 1800. Now all of those other NFTs worth a dollar can sell for at least 1800 too, because wow. the value's just gone to there. Wow. So then if my friend comes over the top and goes, well, I'll offer 3,300 for one and I'll just do it to support you. All of a sudden he just ramps everything up yep. to that three, three level. You know, so, so how do you get paid after that? Ten percent is built in, so you get a royalty. Wow. Yeah, so I get the initial sale, one dollar. You yeah. know, but for instance, my last NFT sold in an auction for ten thousand dollars for the file of an animation. So me and my friend made an animation of of an artwork, and like he helped me, like you know, finesse the animation part. I did a time lapse of actual painting detail, which made this thing kind of come alive. And then we auctioned it. And the guy who owns the NFT, he uh, he then kind of contacted me and said, oh, I've got one of your original paintings and I want to put, display your NFT on a screen in my house next to the oil painting. So to me, he's just like, he's just joining me on the, the future version of what art can be. So really, if he's smart, he can do so many things with his NFT if he wants to. He can display it anywhere he wants. It's his NFT, you know? So he can kind of like put it up for sale or he can, you know, he can loan it or do whatever he wants in that context. He can have it on, you know, if he has a you know, a business opening, he's got this huge kind of like, you know, ability to play an NFT of Joel Rears in the background. Wow. I'm just, yeah. I, I need to look into this space a bit more. My buddy, Samuel Earp, shout out to Samuel, uh, was telling me about it. I mean, Samuel first got me onto Instagram back in 2015 and then got me into crypto right when it was, Bitcoin was selling for 1800 at the time. And he was like, dude, you've got to get in. You have no idea where this thing is going. And and I'm glad he did um, because it's it's a really interesting space. I, I'm, I'm never all in on these things. I just have a bit of a fascination and interest. Uh, never, but, never bet the farm and never, and, yeah. and never ever kind of, you know, it, 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 don't do FOMO, you know, yeah. don't jump yeah. on. Like Keep that emotion in check. You know? Yeah, do it yeah. for the right reasons. Like I did yeah. it because I already knew I was a digital artist. I was like, mm -hmm. well, I'm a digital artist. I, I go, my work has been sucked into the internet since 2005. It's mm -hmm. been abused and used. It's been spat back out. Everyone's MySpaced it, Instagrammed it, Facebook. Everyone's put filters on it. Everyone's messed with it. It looks like, there's a hundred versions of like one JPEG and all different color scheme. Like, you know, so it took this real like life of its own. What NFTs give you the opportunity to do is go, okay, I'm Joe Rear. Here is the file from the painting Joe Rogan bought. Here is how I intend that file to look. I'm going to mint it to the blockchain. And now that is my declaration of how that should exist in the digital world. It's not your Instagram filtered version. It's not the version on Google that's only three pixels wide. It's this version here that's large and that now I've embedded into the blockchain. And, you know, it's kind of like doing it's It's just re revolving from supercomputer to supercomputer forever. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. And But for me, it solidifies what I want it to look like. So, you know, if, if anything happens to me, the blockchain stuff that I've minted on there is a exact representation of what I want my work to look like through a screen, you know, mm. the colors and the, you know, the definition and the sharpness, that's what Joel Rear intended that file to look at. And you can say your website does that. Yeah, but how often does your website 
you know, Shopify might change its settings. All of a sudden you got to redo every image and rechange every, yeah. all of a sudden JPEG, there's a new JPEG or it's a PNG. All of a sudden you've got to update and change your gallery type. And, but I just saw NFTs as a way of going, Hey, look, like the physical world, we might be going through another Graham Hancock end of society thing, you know, and maybe the super computer survives. So, you know, if that's the case, you know, I'll put the, put my stuff in the suit. There's nowhere else I can hoard it. Like I got no other chance of living forever unless I start carving into some rock, you know? <laughs> and that would just be my, my name in big letters. Just yeah, like, Petroglyph NFT, why not? Yeah, my brand. <laughs> oh, Joel, man, this has been a, such a fun podcast. I've really enjoyed hearing more about your art, your story and, and just things that you're into. It's It's been super inspiring and just such a pleasure to connect. I'll, I'll let people know in the show notes as well as the description below the video where they can uh, find more of, of your work. Yeah. Um, but what is the best place that I could direct folks uh, to connect with you directly? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I'd say if you're interested in like, you know, buying stuff, you know, obviously you subscribe to the website, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then most artists, they're not like most people who want to get something out of listening to me, if they're an artist as well, that's probably not your position. You're probably better off like viewing me from Instagram, you know, because mm -hmm. that's the most kind of common one. Like, well, that's actually like the one I've got the most followers on. And I feel like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm coming from a place of power, you know, like TikTok. I've got like a thousand followers on TikTok. So, you know, like I'm just like this, I'm like back to square one. I'm like kind of tapping <laughs> my friends like, hey, do you want to give me a little share on TikTok? You know, like just I'm back to my desperation. And it makes me laugh because like even with such a good Instagram following, it's been, you know, absolutely obliterated by, you know, the way that that mechanism has now turned into money. So, yeah. yeah. Subscribe to my website, uh, follow me on Instagram if you just want to, you know, see the stuff. But um, yeah, um, I'm on the Gold Coast. I cannot reiterate how good the Gold Coast is. Good, man. You found your jam. <laughs> Come to the That's Gold awesome. Coast. And um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, we're pretty spoiled here. Um, yeah. we, had, we had like something like 60, 70,000 people move from Sydney and Melbourne during COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure it's because they realized how cheap the, the houses were compared to like you know on the beach in sydney you're looking at like 15 million and then like on the gold coast it was like three to four million and and now it's peaking like because of this huge real estate boom now like all the houses on the beach are like really so you know like my the capitalistic in me is going oh they need big paintings for all those beach mansions but like yeah man you know at the end of the day like that's just the you know like the patrick bateman in me like you know like <laughs> Well, I can, I can really capitalize from this Dude. squeezing out the middle class. <laughs> you need <laughs> you to know? get down there with your business card with that embossed font, that, that yes. ivory card with the embossed font and border. Yeah. Nice. Nice. No, I think this this phase now for me, genuinely, yeah. I hope everyone just understands like I'm doing the whole, if you build it, they will come. Um, okay. I, I don't want to shove my down anyone's face. I don't want people to follow me on Instagram if they don't want to, you know, you, and, and honestly, you're not going to get, I'm not going to help your career like just because you're really nice to me and suck up to me. Like I can't do anything to help your career anyway. I think most artists kind of feel like artists above them have that ability. And 
we do we only we have the ability to just lead by example if we are above you and that's usually just by the work we make so mm. yeah 90 percent of any of the success i've had as an artist it doesn't matter who i am what i look like where i came from it is down to how the work appeared and how it looked in context. So uh, fortunately for me, I was kind of like, you know, really coming out with some strong work straight off the bat. And in the gallery spaces, I chose to have it hanging. I really looked like I was the, you know, probably the best artist in that space. Um, and, you know, context wise, there's certain galleries I would be in where they just would not value me at all. And then there's other galleries where, you know, they would feel like that by having me, work with them uh they've got one of the best artists in the world and so you you really just go where the love is you know some people will make mm. you feel like you're worthless if you let them if you stay in that you know that vicinity and then other places that love you that adore you you're probably snobbing them because you think it's not going to help like another trajectory of like you know um, elitism because elitism is tied heavily to the art world but you know it, uh, just art world equals clown world painting mm -hmm. world equals meritocracy and that's where you know god's true voice with humanity i think shows when we are doing our best like when humans are doing their utmost best i think that's when you see god's calling card like he's leaving his business card right there right where that gymnast does that triple vault or that like singer hits those notes or that artist like makes that picture that reminds you there's a heaven like that's god's voice and that's like, you know, what you should now play to. You should maybe like, instead of, you know, making your art for anything else, just imagine you've got to hold a show and God's going to turn up. Whoever that is in your mind, he's going to turn up and he's going to see what he's going to see if you got it or not. He's going to be like, oh, this guy got it, you know, and then you've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work to do. <laughs> there you go. Well, Joel Rhea, thank you so much for being on the Creative Endeavor podcast. Thanks, man. I'm totally honored. Um, totally, you know, humbled by the fact that I'm someone who could be considered for this. And uh, like I said, I, I just really don't even, I actually don't realize half the time that I could, you know, uh, be someone that people would want to hear from. But I guess now, like, you know, 20 years and never having to have a job, um, I guess, you know, my ability to duck some punches and make it through, that holds That's some right. value. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope everyone else does the same. I hope they just stick with it, you know, and really creates the the work that, you know, is of their, their utmost potential, you know, that can just live forever. You could possibly live for thousands of years if you, you know, nail it. So let's do it. You've been listening to the Creative Endeavor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here in the studio and a huge shout out and thank you to Joel Ria for being in this episode. Now, if you're not following Joel right now, make sure you change that. Go to Instagram. He can be found at Joel Ria. That is J-O-E-L-R-E-A. He's just got some amazing work on his Instagram, but he can also be found on his website at joelrea.com. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do me a huge favor. Make sure you like it by just giving me a rating, leaving me a review on whatever audio platform you're listening on. There's a place that you can do that. It helps this podcast shoot up there in the ranks, get this out to more and more people. But I tell you what would be really amazing if you could take a minute and share this with your social media, either on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, wherever you are online in the internet, interacting with other people, 
please let people know about this podcast and that it's something that you find inspiring, something you listen to while you're painting or drawing in the studio. I really appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to get out of here and get back to painting. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here. I'll see you again in another episode of The Creative Endeavor.